Hello, friends. We have the return of the Mind Pump crew, Justin, Sal, and my man, Adam, all in their house in San Jose at the Mind Pump Studios. I traveled out to get a hold of these guys, get them back on the podcast. Unfortunately, we don't have a video for this one. There was some cameras set up, did not realize they weren't rolling, but um, that's a, uh, a rookie mistake that happens when I don't bring my podcast producer, I guess. But uh, anywho... Never fear. This is a fucking awesome episode. Uh, Adam is a new dad. So we talk about all sorts of shit, off topic, off fitness, I guess, and get into fatherhood, get into raising men. Every one of us has a boy. And uh, that's pretty cool because I think that's, um, we're in a climate now of some disagreement around that issue, what it means to be a man and how do we raise boys to become men in the modern world. I think that happened pretty late. To be perfectly honest, uh, we talk about all sorts of shit, and it was, you know, as always, a great episode. So let us know what you think. They're very approachable online. We'll link to all their Instagram handles in the show notes. And of course, hit me up at Kingsville on Instagram. And also, check out our sponsors. I've searched high and low for the best CBD products, and we have get a lot of them sent our way here at Onnit, especially being in the position I am working in product development. But the one that I like the best is a company called Wabe, W-A-A-Y-B. And they make a 100% USDA certified organic product that uses 100% CO2 extraction. That means you get 100% full spectrum hemp-based products that are absolutely essential for tuning you in and helping you get the best out of your day. I use CBD to help with inflammation and pain. I got a lot of ticky-tack injuries from fighting in football. And I also use it to help me get to bed at night. It's very good at quieting the mind. It's been shown to help with anxiety. And it does help with sleep. So check it out, wave.com slash Kyle for 10% off any one of their products. And they've got a lot of great products there. The flavor's amazing. Unflavored's amazing. Get it all. W-A-A-Y-B.com slash Kyle. And of course, you guys, we've got very, very big news. As you know, it's that time of year again. This Black Friday and Cyber Monday, Onnit is on a mission to optimize your mind, body, and spirit with their lowest prices of the year. This means deals, as in killer doorbusters, our deepest discounts of the year on supplements, foods, fitness, equipment, apparel, and price cuts so deep to on at six programs, they'll make your heart stop like the five-point palm exploding heart technique. Hiya! That's not all you can sink your teeth into. Exclusive sale products and free gifts are also returning from the grave. Don't grow a beard waiting, even though I have a beard, don't grow a beard waiting for these discounts to come back. If you're gung-fu about changing your body and your life, act now. Hurry before these deals rest in pieces. Learn more at onnit.com slash Black Friday. All right, guys, last but definitely not least, we have Fit for Service. Fit for Service is coming back for its sophomore year in 2020, and we now have open enrollment available. You can learn more at aubreymarcus.com by looking it up on his website. We will link to the exact link in the show notes. But outside of that, Fit for Service is a year-long mastermind with four mainstay coaches, myself, Aubrey Marcus, Caitlin Howe, and Eric Godsey. And if you want a taste of what that's like, you can listen to the podcast we just released on the Aubrey Marcus podcast, which we'll link to in the show notes. It's an incredible episode. I've never participated in a podcast quite like that. Um, Very open and honest discussion about some of the hardest moments we had this year, uh, some of the best moments, and of course, some of the most transformational experiences that we all shared. Outside of that, we've got three meetups. We have a whole curriculum based around the hero's journey, and we've got a lot to offer. This is everything that we possibly have come to know and understand. We give you the kitchen sink in a year-long program that is guaranteed to change your life for the better. Fit for Service 2020. Check it out in the show notes. 
even if you, and this is why I think the health space is the perfect medium to communicate this kind of stuff. Um, because, uh, we, you know, if you do a good job communicating the stuff that people are willing to accept, which is, uh, or easy to accept, which is like workout diet, it's, I think it's, we're the best people to communicate that other side of stuff. I think if when you come from the, and maybe people are more receptive to it now, but when you come from that side only, when it comes from the woo woo, whatever you want to call it side, um, I think it's hard for the everyday person to hear it. Yeah. And I think the the issue too, especially for me, and I'm, I'm sure for guys like you who take care of themselves is like when the great spiritual master comes up and you can't see their belt, it's like, well, you're, you're missing something here, right? Your body <laughs> is a temple. Like he fucking went falls deep in his spirituality and I'm yeah. sure you're not stressed, but you're not, you're not doing anything <laughs> to help yourself there. here. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're lacking this piece. Like we, here we are in our bodies, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't matter what you believe. If you believe if you're an atheist or if you believe there's heaven or you believe we're going to reincarnate, no matter what you believe, what was the, this body right now? Yeah. What, right. Was, the, what was the, co the quote that Max Lugavere put up today? Did you see that? Oh, no, I didn't see he, it. He, did a, he posted his tweet, something about, uh, you know, your God, something about it. It's uh, uh, the what, what we eat is a form of self-respect. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, right. Right. Oh, that's how you treat yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you were feeding a pet, you know, or something you loved, you know, you wouldn't give them shit to eat you give them that, the healthy stuff dude that's the funniest thing too like at the westminster dog show yeah it's like it's like best in show <laughs> you've got like the most obese dog handler <laughs> trying to keep up with like a fucking the baddest the purebred dog and it's on a bed you know like grass-fed carnivore diet you know and they're, they're slamming mcdonald's in the parking lot and feeding all the good stuff to the dog the irony right not right. taking care of themselves well, that's 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 our that's our message this this, oh, this that's whole it, time yeah. eating well is a form of self-respect max had another great one the other day where he was saying if you go out and party till 2 a.m every weekend you're basically starting every monday tuesday jet lagged yeah. Yeah, yeah, because of the sleep, yeah. you, you don't realize how big even of just that. a few hours, right? Mm -hmm. It's huge. Mm -hmm. it's huge. Uh, it, you don't realize how big of a deal that makes. Oh, I, that was to me one of the biggest game changers in being able to take my physique to the next level. Was that had to go? Like I just could you, I couldn't get over that hump of like recovering because the first two to three days was just trying to get back to square one again. That and then you only have like three days of mm -hmm. good eating and training, and then you're right back to that weekend again. It's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. How and people wonder why you can't? How funny is that? Because you, I mean, I've I've trained a few people over time, but nowhere near, not even a quarter of any one of you in particular. How many people come up to you when they first start training and say? All right, do I got to give up alcohol? Yeah, yeah. and they're like, oh, and you're no. like, well, the people, the people that ask that question are the ones that actually have the issues, right? Yeah. The person who's who's drinking a glass or two of wine at night, they're not even going to fucking bring it up because yeah. they know it's fine. Yeah. They don't even say it that way. You know what they say to us? They say, okay, I'll change my diet, but I, I, but I'm going to drink yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. Like I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to give up my Sunday fun <laughs> yeah. day or yeah. my yeah. glass of wine with yeah. dinner. Yeah, it's and always so yeah, you just you just, you, gotta, you just end up working around it. Um, because at the end of the day, look you determine your values. And, uh, you know, I think if people understand the trade-off, if they still value that experience more than, you know, maybe achieving a certain well, level that's of fitness, I, that's okay. A, as a trainer, I just learned to, to, to paint that picture for them, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. You could still have your glass of wine every single night, but you you don't, you're not going to look like this picture that you brought in for me. You know, that's the, the, the disconnect is, I want to look like this, but I want to do what I want to do. And it's like, well, that person who got to that, this this image that you have in your head or that you've brought in to show me what you want to look like, that person is making all kinds of sacrifice and they're not doing those things and they're working all these extra hours in the gym and they're doing all this stuff to look that way. If you really want to look that way, 
these these are some sacrifices that come along. But there's nothing wrong with you saying, I don't care. To, I don't need to look that way. I right. can still be healthy and balanced and have my glasses of wine. So it's really just, I think we just have, the, and I, part of that is I think the way we advertise, right? We advertise the 30-day fix and, you know, the, I hate people on social media that are, you know, fitness influencers that are posting things that are like showing the shitty food that they eat, but then their six-pack abs, like, you fuck with everybody's head. You well, know? you guys were just talking about that. You're just talking about the rocks cheat meals. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think what's important is that people understand the total value of the things that they do or the foods that they eat, for example. Like, what are all the values? So think of all the values that you could potentially get from food. There's the obvious ones, which are the, you know, the, the macronutrients and the micronutrients and the physiological, healthy you know, aspects of value in terms of for my physical body. That's an obvious one. I don't think I need to discuss that one. But does food provide other value uh, than just that? Absolutely. Um, there's an emotional potential value. Uh, how often do people eat because they because of emotion? Probably most of the time. Um, is there a potential value to bond with people around you? Has food ever been used in that way? Absolutely. Are there memories attached to the food? Are you using it as a way to help you through a particular process. Um, there, there, there's so many different values that you can add to food, for example, or, or other things. So if you just understand the whole picture, yeah. then you make the decision and you're okay. Then you can say, I want a glass of wine or mm. I don't want a glass of wine rather than I can't have a glass well, of wine. Well, there's just a lot to tackle initially in the beginning. And, and we have to really like reduce it down to what's the first thing that we've accomplished so far. You got to the gym, you're here talking to me. Let's, let's just celebrate that. Let's emphasize what that looks like. That's just another barrier we're going to have to climb over. And so we're, we'll get to that as far as like drawing up what you know, the healthiest, most optimized version of you looks like. And when we just start, you know, taking these in, taking these one by one, and and making sure that uh, you know they feel like they're they're, they're progressing, they're they're getting you know further along in their journey, and, and that's going to be something that's going to keep repeating because it is slowing you down. You 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 aren't getting there quite as effectively as you could. So that's something that we're going to keep bringing that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think um, I think what we're we're in an interesting time right now, and I think it's becoming more and more interesting because. You know, if you went back 50 years ago and you took um, a bunch of, you know, scientists and experts in, in human evolution and you said to them, hey, what do you think would, would happen to society if we gave everybody access to all the information ever recorded? Easy. They could just look it up right away. I think a lot of them would have said, oh, we would solve all of our problems. If everybody had all that access to information, they'd have all the information they need and we would solve a lot of our issues. I think we're realizing now that's not the case. I think it's not an it's not a knowledge or information problem. Um, I think it's a wisdom problem. So, you know, can a person right now through their phone figure out what's the best diet for them or what what food contains and all that stuff? They could very easily. The information's there. Now, now can they apply it in a real in real ways? That's a different story. And I don't think that's an information. I don't think me communicating. You know, what foods do to your body is going to necessarily help. I think what, what needs to be communicated more is, okay, how do you view food? What what drives you to eat what you eat? Um, and what are the total values? And then being okay with that. Because really, if you get to the point where, if you get to that point, then it's easy to say to to say no to foods that aren't right. providing you with any of that value. Because it, be, it doesn't become a, I can't, it's a, I don't want to. That's how I, you know, 
it took me a long time to get to that point myself. You know, now it's, you know, Sal, do you, you know, do you eat healthy? Is it hard? What about, do you have cheat days? And it's like, well, no, if I want to eat a burger, I will. Usually mm -hmm. I don't. I just don't want to. Does that mean it doesn't taste good? No, I can completely appreciate the flavor and the hedonist, you know, the hedonism I get from eating a burger. That doesn't mean I don't, it's like, I, it's not like I changed that aspect of it. I, I, I love that stuff, but I, I don't value right it as now. much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read this morning. I eat fucking burgers all the time. <laughs> Did you have three burgers twice this a week? Yeah, twice a week. Uh, Tosh will make these big ass uh, grass fed burgers. You eat them in bread egg. and everything? Hell no. I don't eat bread. That's not a burger. It is a burger. <laughs> no, it's fucking <laughs> meat. Fucking knife and fork, son. Meat on a sandwich. <laughs> you had a yeah. meat salad, bro. Yeah. I, I, have, I haven't done a bun in years. Yeah. Really? No bun. Uh, no, I don't, it, buns yeah. don't even turn me on anymore. Really? Like, like, not those like, types of buns. When I was in your head's true. Not Rachel's buns. Oh, God. Uh, oh, no. Too bad. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like New York, I ate, I ate pizza like with the gluten, not the fucking gluten-free pizza. You ate the pizza. real pizza. I ate the real deal Holyfield How'd you feel? pizza. I felt like absolute trash. I gained 15 pounds in four days because oh, wow. I'm gluten intolerant so I just, so just held like a, a puffer ton fish. of water I was yeah. also drinking like an asshole when I was out there it's like all that to say about alcohol I definitely still tear it up every now and then but it's not a weekly thing you know like yeah. I'll pick my pick my special events I got a wedding this weekend I'm heading to in LA so I'll probably tear it up there but um still within reason not like I used to at ASU when you know? was the last time that we all linked up when was the last time we podcast together how long has it been it's gotta be like a it's year, been a year it's gotta be a year has yeah, it been you, guys were, you guys weren't at paleo effects last year no 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 yeah. So it's been over a year. Mm -hmm. it's so gotta be. You've got quite a few more podcast interviews under your belt. How, how's that been feeling? Can really feel, good. Can you feel the transitions? Like, are you? No question. You know, question. And, and what's cool too is that, you know, for every big guest we get, like Peter Atia was a bucket list guest, like without question. And so, so, um, so is Lipton. Doctor Lipton's coming mm -hmm. on tomorrow. Bruce Lipton's like a huge bucket list guest. But like in those interviews, there was there was a time, as I'm sure you guys know, where you get the big guest and you're like fuck, don't mess this up, mm -hmm. you know? And you, you, you think about things and you re-listen to the podcast. I remember you telling me that when we first podcasted, you're like, listen to all your podcasts, listen to all your interviews, make sure you you see the weak spots. And mm -hmm. that's one of the ways that you get better, right? And that was a huge, huge help to me. Yep. So thank you for that. Oh yeah, no problem. Um, but yeah, that's one thing that I've noticed is that the more you do, the better you get at it. But also like that there's no, I mean, it helped that I was hunting with Pete the whole week in Hawaii uh, yeah. a while oh, back. Cool. So I actually got to know him. We had lots of awesome, interesting conversations, but um, you know, like that, I haven't, I haven't come across that yet where I'm like, holy shit, here I am with Gabby Reese or holy shit. There's, there's none of that weirdness. Are you going, are you starting to go in with uh, more questions prepared that you want to get into or do you just free flow always still? You know, you know what? I've, so that's a good, interesting question. I have five for you guys oh, here you on do. my phone. That's why my, my phone, I mean, I'm not looking at text messages or checking the gram right now. Yeah, no <laughs> um, but um, what I found when I interviewed Ramit Sadie out in New York, I had a laundry list of shit I did. I wanted to get to everything, you know? But what I found with that is it kind of ruins the flow of conversation, mm -hmm. you know, especially because it, it it takes away my ability to go along with wherever they're headed. You know, if, if I have a redirect of, okay, that was question number one, here's number two, you know, right. and I'm not wording it like that, but it still, it takes away from if they want to travel down a different avenue and I just go with that, it might fuck up my list, right? So I've done a few interviews like that. Wednesday Martin was another one where I had a list of questions and I really don't, I, I'll, I'll put a few bullet points down, but I think that's the better way to go because then we can talk about all this stuff that I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think the key is, it took us a long time to figure this out. Um, the key is you have the questions, you prepare yeah. by- It's the prep, but yeah, then you go free flow. Yeah, and but then you allow the conversation to go where it wants to go naturally. And the, and really the what dictates that is 
what sounded interesting. So as the person's talking and you, you think about the next question, like, oh, I'm going to ask this. But then they say something interesting. Go there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no issue with that. It's when you get stuck, like you said, in the, like, oh, got to ask all my list questions or you have no prep whatsoever. And then you're like, uh, <laughs> I did feel a, I did feel a, a level up for us. So we, we had, um, our good buddy, uh, Jordan Harbinger, who I think is one of the best, um, a great interviewer. Yeah. Probably one of the better, if not best podcast interviewers that we've, we've ever met. Um, we actually asked him to come in and spend a day with us just working on our, our interview skills and like, how can we evolve and get better? And probably the the number one takeaway personally for myself was just the sh- the show prep time of of that person. Um, you know, we we always tend to get guests that we're already interested in, so we, we were able to um, off the cuff have great conversation and dialogue because I'm interested in you. I, you know, I don't need to dive in. But when I started to dive more into their work or what they're currently talking about right now or their blogs and the and the research and then I would have like I would list like 20 to 30 questions but knowing that I'll never get to all those questions mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. and the 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 research combined with the writing it down really cements it in my head like that okay, I can remember all those things and, we, and I just did this with Ryan because we had Ryan holiday last weekend and I have all those things in my head now I didn't get through probably half of them but I did get through some of them and because I had the, I'd done all that prep you know it there it made it good now I think the next level is you know, uh, setting guests up. Like that's like, there's certain things, for example, like Ryan Holiday, he had this, um, he had a blog, a, a nasty blog written about him in 2012. And I've never heard anybody else talk about this. And I'm like, I want to talk about this. Like I want to find a way. So one of the things that I'm trying to improve upon is knowing that I want to take him to a sensitive area and not being like, we're all of a sudden we're talking about stoicism. Like, oh, by the way, somebody wrote a bad article about you in 2012. Like, yeah, yeah. how do I get him to a topic that I know will be a little like fun to discuss? To me, that's like the next level of, of interviewing that I'm trying to mm. get at is knowing I want to take somebody somewhere that'll be a little controversial or make good radio, but then also not being so generic about it to where it's like, next question, you know, yeah. like, can I, can I insert that into the conversation to get that person to flow mm-hmm. in the direction that I want them to? So it comes off as a natural conversation, but meanwhile, I knew I was controlling it to head that yeah. direction. Yeah. And it's those unique facts. I think that's what really, it makes the interview more compelling because people listen to a lot of these guests on other podcasts. And it's like, if you have something that's, you know, distinctively different like that, that's going to provide a lot more value, you know, for people to come over and kind of listen to your specific interview. So yeah, we took that from Jordan. He does like a really good job of also finding like all these things through Wikipedia, all these like different like uh, levels of it that we we weren't aware of and really extracting a lot of like really unique information that he'll set them up and it's like, wow, like I've never heard that from that guest before, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, the, the, the one thing for me that was, uh, it, that took a long time and it's still kind of not 100% there and this was same guy taught us this. He says, you're interviewing the guest for the audience and, and the reason why he said that was, you know, I, I said, gosh, you know, sometimes we'll have a guest come in and I want to like pin him on something. Like they said something I disagree with, but then I kind of let it go or I don't ask him the super hard question because I can tell that they're uncomfortable. And he says, yeah, you're, you're not, you're interviewing them for the audience. He goes, just go for it. They want you to. And if they get angry and pissed off, you still got a great show. The guy, the guy gets up and leaves halfway through the podcast. You still have... I thought, God, that's true. I mean, how many times have you seen great journalists do that? Well, they'll ask the celebrity the hard question and the celebrity's like, you can see it, but it's, it's a great conversation. And I thought to my, and it makes it hard because I'm such a, um, I always want to be very hospitable. So when someone comes in my studio, it's like, I want to make you happy. I want to be free. Even if I don't know you, you know, you're in my house or whatever. 
So then someone will say something, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, like who was it? We interviewed a, a, a long time ago, um, Dave Asprey. That was a, uh, just I'll use that as an example. <laughs> I'll use him as an example. While we were interviewing him, he was talking about the best way to work out. And he fucking doesn't know what he's talking about. He was talking about some machine that he does for 10 minutes once a week, max intensity. That's all a you vibe plate with, yeah. with like a 12 pound yeah. kettlebell. That's the head. best way to build muscle. And you know, I, 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 when I heard him say that, you know, inside of me, I was like, but, but I didn't say anything because I want to be polite. You know, if I did that interview now, I would say, uh, uh, stop for a second. That's bullshit. That's yeah. actually not the best way to work out. This actually this actually segues into one of the conversations I wanted to have with you guys about longevity. You just released an episode about it. Yes. And the second you guys started talking about it, it really, it it brought up a lot for me because, did you guys listen to David Sinclair on Rogan's? No. Oh, yeah, I did a bit. It's a great one. So, yeah. but, but there are gaping holes yes. in a longevity master's game. And Rogan does call him on it. You know, mm -hmm. like he, he works out. He's like, I work out about two hours a week. Well, that's on one day and an hour of that is stretching, right? And then it's like some, some most of it's like moderate intensity cardio, which mm -hmm. is exactly what you guys cover in the best way to train. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then he's also on statins for cholesterol. And it's like, bro, mm -hmm. like that's old news, man. Mm -hmm. Come yeah. on, that's just been fucking debunked already. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, how are you not up on this? You're yeah. up on resveratrol all the chemicals and possible. NAD and every other shit yeah. that you could possibly do. And, and of course he has a very, and I'm not trying to shit on Sinclair. He's for sure- uh, well, he's brilliant for sure. He's a brilliant man, and I'm happy there are people like him doing what he's doing in the world. But from a personal standpoint, like there's some very key low hanging fruit, you know, that base layer, the foundational layer mm -hmm. that he's missing on many levels. Yeah, I think um, that space of the longevity people, the hackers or whatever, they're always looking for the latest uh, biohack. Like, yeah, like special hack or biohack or whatever. And you know what? At some point, I'm pretty sure science is going to figure something like that out. At some point, they'll stumble upon something that's going to be breakthrough. Uh, I, I do believe that. But we haven't yet. The best stuff that we have, the best science that we have is just look at the people in the world who've not just lived the longest, but have also had the best quality of life during that period of time. Just look at that. Because modern science definitely can keep you alive longer but you're not going to be, it's not going to be a great quality of life. Um, we see this now. I mean, you, you look in, in, in modern Western societies and lifespan has gone up it's over the past even couple decades. But you look at the the rate of, of chronic illness and that's also well, has and, gone up. And so, depression, suicide, all that's still increasing. Yeah. So, so it's not so much of a hack as much. I mean, it's like trying to learn a hack to becoming a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Okay. Could you, are there some online courses that you could take to become a black belt? I could probably find yeah. one. Just watch videos. And I could probably say I'm a black belt in jujitsu. Ain't going to be the same thing as going into the gym and rolling and training and tapping out and get my ass kicked, you know, for years. Um, I, I don't, I, I think we look too much into the weird stuff and we don't focus on kind of the basic stuff like, uh, the big know, rocks, dude. Yeah, like you can't, big, take, you can't take the shortcut to, to extending your life like that. I, you know what's gonna be funny is when half of these guys all die at seventy five and eighty, dude. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna blow up the biohacking yeah. industry that didn't exist that long ago. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody that's waiting. I, my money's on Ben Greenfield, and I, and the reason why I I say that is because so far of the Dave Asprey's, the Bens, and all these different guys that we've met, in my opinion, he does the best job 
of addressing the big rocks first. I mean, the guy is, uh, is spends a lot of time in, in silence. He does uh, he does a, a lot of reading, meditating. He he feeds exercises his, properly. Yes, he feeds himself whole foods. He's, I don't know that anybody that eats better than Ben. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't you say that? Like, yeah. I, I when I look at him, and I know uh, there's a there's a there, I know there's a lot of people who look at him and think he's too woo woo and out there. But I love that. I if there's a guy who's going to experiment and tell me about these fringe things and and for me to hear like their experience with it, he's the guy that I want to know. I don't want somebody who says fucking that's on statins and got all these other issues, but then they've got this, this fucking hack to share with me. I'm like, yeah. come on, bro. If you're not doing the big rock stuff and handling that, like I, I can't, I can't take. Plus can't. it's, 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 it's also just this, uh, and I think there's a human condition. It's this, this incredible arrogance that we have where we're like, Oh, we know, we know what to do. Like, okay. Antioxidants, tons of antioxidants. That's great. It prevents cancer. Um, that's what the science says. And then later on you learn if you have cancer, and you take antioxidants, that shit's going to fucking grow and survive. And if you're on chemo, it's going to prevent the chemo from killing the cancer. Uh, you look at um, mTOR, you know, mammalian target rapamycin. This is a, a signal that tells muscles to grow. It's also something that signals this cancer to grow, depending on the context. And that's just what we know now. We're so arrogant that we think we're going to take uh, a compound or something. And because, oh, it, you know, this... You know this. What's that one drug that they all take for uh, for insulin uh, sensitivity? That everybody metformin. metformin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, metformin. All oh, look at all the studies. It's great. Everybody should take this. Was talking about that as well. Yeah. Everybody yeah. should take this. You know. Um, again, the arrogance. Like we have all the fucking answers. We know all the stuff. Look, if metformin was taken for ten thousand years and it was part of a ancient, you know, practice for ten thousand years, I'd be more likely to be like, okay, there may be something to this. Um, but when we're, when we're talking about uh, a drug that people have been using for a generation or two, no. I, well, and that's that's the whole thing, though. Metformin has been around for 10,000 years. It's called berberine. Yeah, it's yeah, fucking yeah. In ancient same, Ayurvedic though. medicine. Right. It's not the same. It's probably way better for you. And Greenfield has a whole article about that. But that we think of things in Western terms as, all right, we figured out there's an issue here, right? Insulin resistance is an issue. Elevated blood sugar is an issue, and it's a cause of many diseases that we have. So let's figure out a drug for that. But what else lowers that, right? Working out lowers yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. And Lifting right. weights yeah. and eating right <laughs> yeah. and getting plenty of sleep lowers that. Lowering your stress response to everything in life, like the why zebras don't get ulcers talk, right. that lowers yeah, that. But it's also, we're, we're looking at the, we have to understand something. For example, elevated cholesterol, um, at some levels, at some point when it gets really high, can that um, potentially kill you? It can. If it gets really, really high, it can kill you. But we also don't look at... So we think, okay, take a drug to lower cholesterol. But we don't realize, okay, well, why is the cholesterol high in the body? It sometimes acts as an antioxidant. The body could also be using the cholesterol to repair uh, you know, weaknesses in your arteries. Your arteries may not have great integrity. And so it's using cholesterol kind of like spackle to strengthen the sides. So if I take a drug that just lowers blood sugar... Or, or increase my insulin sensitivity. I'm not looking at the downstream effects or the or before that. Why is it high in the first place? And so, am I solving the problem? Maybe I'm making another problem. You know, like a, like let's look at statins, for example. Okay, so I'm going to take statins because statins uh, reliably and consistent consistently lower cholesterol levels and lower LDL cholesterol levels reliably and consistently. That's a that's a, a total fact. Okay, so I'm going to take statins even though I, I seem to be healthy, but you know what? 
I think less cholesterol is better. So let me just keep taking these statins. And then I die of heart failure because my liver is not making CoQ10 anymore. And this is something that a lot of people don't realize about statins, that they don't, they produce, they stop the production of CoQ10, which is an essential nutrient for heart function. So with statins, uh, a lot of times you see increase in heart failure rates because of that one fact. So, okay, I'll supplement with, some, with, with CoQ10 then. Okay, maybe, you know, you may be <laughs> causing other problems. You know what works really well though? All the stuff that we've been doing forever, all the stuff we've been doing for thousands, that's the hard stuff. And here's the other side of it too. I think the fact that it's hard is one of the benefits. Honestly, do do we honestly think that uh, if if I had a magic pill, let's say I had, say I had perfect science, and I had a pill that you could swallow, that would make you lean and muscular, and and all that stuff. It would, it would just make you fit as if you worked out. Is that going to give you all the benefits of actually going, taking the time, going to the gym, sweating and working hard, and working out and going through the pain? Are you going to get all of the benefits of that? No. Because a lot, of, some of the benefits come from that, the actual struggle of doing it. So, I, and I, you know, I, earlier I said we're in an interesting time. I think it's interesting because we're getting pretty close to where we're going to get everything we think we want. You know what I mean? We're going to get everything we think we want. You know, pretty soon we'll get to the point where we'll have you know robots we could fuck that are super hot. We'll have I'm in food that I'm you know about you guys. We'll have I'm in. food that's super amazing and tastes good, but 3D doesn't have printers calories. that can print you anything that you want. Maybe you know even print you any drug that you want. We're gonna have entertainment, what kind of entertainment we want. Maybe we'll reach a point where artificial intelligence works for us. So now we have all this leisure time or whatever. Is that gonna give? Is that gonna solve all of our problems? No, I think we're gonna be in a very uh, precarious situation. I think we're going to sit down and be like, oh, fuck. I got everything I think I want, but it's not making me feel good. I'm not really happy. I'm not really fulfilled. And I think that's maybe why you're seeing more people now go back to the ancient teachings because I think they're getting to that point where they're like, you know, because at some point, I think you go back 100 years, maybe you were struggling so much just to live that you didn't think you didn't have to think that you had a sense of purpose because you were like I got to fucking work or we're not going to eat, you know what I mean? Or or my job is hard as fuck. Like that's all I got to focus on. But we're getting to the point now where we're kind of chilling, sitting around and comfortable. And we're like, ah, why am I? Why do I feel uh, sad all the time? This doesn't make any sense. So now we're kind of going back and looking at that old stuff. So I feel like there's a resurgence. Have you guys seen stuff. the documentary? I am. No, I haven't. It's the director of. Uh, he directed the first Ace Ventura. He did Liar Liar. He I know did Bruce Almighty. He did a shit ton of movies. He's the guy who blew up Jim Carrey. Um, where I'm going to get him on the podcast soon. He's a fantastic... The, the documentary is fantastic, but it basically just shows like after he did Ace Ventura, he bought his first house in Beverly Hills and then Liar Liar was infinitely more money. Got a second house and then Bruce Almighty or one of these other last ones, he gets his third house. It's 33 mil in Beverly Hills and he's got the movers dropping off every box into his house. He's got this giant double staircase he's sitting in. And the last box comes in and he just starts bawling because he realizes he's still not happy, mm. right? So this is in search of happiness. And it's all through the ancient traditions on ways people find inner peace and inner stillness, mm -hmm. which is, that's the way we get to happiness, right? People search for happiness, but it's just a search for peace. It's a search for acceptance of what is and really being content with all that you have in life. You can still have goals, but that ability to enjoy what's going on right now and to be present with that. It's all about non-identification. Mm -hmm. The Beatitudes in Christianity are like that. And Buddhism talks a lot about, you know, not identifying with things. And that's, that's all of that. You know, these days I, I, I don't work out 
to necessarily accomplish any goals. I enjoy the struggle of the workout. And you know what that means? I'll never stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll never stop because I'm always going to be able to go and work out and struggle. And it's because I enjoy that part. Guess I'm going to do that shit all the time. Yeah. I'm never going to try to PR again on a deadlift or squat. I'm never <laughs> going to enter like another 55K ultra, but I just fucking <laughs> love it. Like we did that acid bath the other day. And I was like, oh, I'll fucking try this. We got a little leaderboard going on it. What was <laughs> that? This to go. It's uh, it's all the Concept Two equipment. So they do this at the CrossFit Games, and it's a uh, 500 meter row, 500 meter skier, and thousand meter Concept Two bike. Oh. It's gnarly. I did it in 455, and I was fucking fried. But it was awesome. It was a five minute workout. I spent 30 minutes warming up before it, but it was amazing. Then that's just a fun thing. I'll, I may run that back a couple more times, especially if if the score gets beat, but, um, <laughs> but commence the pissing contest. But but it was just a fun. It was a fun, unique way to do that. And I'm not good. You know, I posted the video, and of course, like everybody and their moms, like your rowing form sucks. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not a rower. Don't you? Love I'm not that? a CrossFitter. Don't you love that when you post? Every time but you I'm do like, exercise but, video. but please tell me. Like, please yeah. tell me. Send me a link to a video. I'm happy to improve. If that can improve my time. I'm fucking down. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not acting like I know what I'm doing. We there. live in such an interesting world that we sit around on a on a platform and look at these pictures of people that we don't even know and then take time out of our day to to make comments like that. I find that really fucking <laughs> yeah, fascinating. Like yeah. that, I mean, that's to your point. Like we're we are so fucking bored and we we lack so much purpose in our life yeah. that we find we find to ourselves well, looking at other people for half of our day and commenting on their stuff. Like, what the fuck is that's where we're heading right now. It's a scary place. Yeah, I'm getting my form corrected all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anytime I post a video, being, oh, Sal, is you're supposed to, your hip's supposed to move up that fast? Or right. Know, bro. You're well, bending your knees. Yeah. That's all right, man. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway, I think if you, if you, I think you can apply one of the reasons why I like exercise so much is it's so clear, black and white in terms of the, effect and, and benefit and struggle and all that stuff. It's very easy. But once you learn that lesson, you can apply it to a lot of different things. So like, you know, whether it's podcasting or business or speaking in front of people and you find it super challenging, you can go back to the lesson you learned from working out and the fact that you love the struggle. Start to learn to love that struggle as well. God, imagine if you could love the struggle of everything. Oh, I told, you just get better. Totally. I told this story on the podcast not that long ago. This was maybe about six, seven months ago. And uh, we just had a we had a crazy day here. There was uh, employees stressing me out, shit going on back behind the scenes stressing me out, and um, I was frustrated. And when I, when I get like that, I'm I'm really good about keeping my cool and balance within within the workplace. And this is what then just explode at Katrina when you get yeah, home. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> but not somebody to dump but, into. But not at, no, not at her. Like she, I'm I I vocalize it to her, and like she's a great sounding board for me. And I I couldn't even get home. I actually called her in the truck, and like I've got her on speakerphone, and I'm like, rah, 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 rah. I'm going this. I'm fucking this pissed me off. I'm fucking light the whole goddamn thing on fire. Rah, rah. And I'm just like barking, right? And she's just listening, listening, and then she like I'm like done, right? Ranting, and then there's like a little bit of silence, and I'm like, hello, hello, you there? <laughs> she goes, yeah, no, I'm here. Are you done? And and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm done. She goes, would you want it any other way? And I was like, fuck, you're right. I wouldn't want it easy. And if it was like anybody could do this. And if it, the, the fact that it's fucking hard and it's challenging to the point mm -hmm. that it pushes me here sometimes is exactly what I absolutely love in it. And if I truly ask myself that and say, man, if this was all these, all these problems that I'm venting about were gone and I could just snap my fingers and have that, all those things that I'm talking about handled, would there be any joy in overcoming it and getting through it? There wouldn't be. It would be lame. And I'd be in search of the next thing that challenged me anyways. 
So, I mean, just that, that thought, like I try that and practice that. And I try and teach that when you get in those moments, when you're all, you're all frustrated with something like that to truly ask yourself, would you want this easy? And it's and when you're in it and you feel it, it's really, yes, fuck, I want to be done with this. But really though, ask yourself if the, this was all easy and you could snap your fingers and just have it done all the time. It's like that great, uh, the twilight zone. Yeah. The twilight episode episode. that, that Sal shares all the time. I love that, that the, the meaning behind that. I think it's so, so amazing because it's exactly right. This guy, this robber gets shot. Yeah. Have you ever watched, did you watch? I know the episode you're talking about. about? Yeah. Yeah. Tell tell my listeners though. This is awesome. So he's, he's a bank robber and he's getting chased by the cops and he gets shot or whatever, falls down gets up. And so it looks like he didn't die or whatever. And there's a guy waiting for him this guy with this like white suit on and he goes, Hey, you know, welcome, you know, come with me or whatever. And he's, he's like, who are you? Whatever. Anyway, this guy ends up taking him to this opulent hotel room with women and whatever. And he says, look, man, you, you, you know, you can have anything you want, anything at all. So this, this, where you're at now, you get whatever you want. It's great. And so the guy's like, Oh yeah, we'll prove it. You know, bring me a couple dames or whatever. And he brings up two girls and he's like, what? And he, then he goes to a casino and he throws the, the dice and he, you know, he gets a seven and he gets another seven. He's like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Then it fast forward like a couple weeks and the dude hasn't shaved and he's fucking distraught and he's at the craps table and the girls are like laughing at everything he says and he's just like, ah, and he throws the dice and it's a seven again. He's like, ah. So then he calls out that guy in the white suit. He's like, hey, I forgot his name. He calls him up. The guy shows up and he goes, what is this crap? Because every time I roll the dice, I win. Every girl I talk to likes me. I get everything I want. He goes, I need some like challenge. I need something. And he goes, oh yeah, we could definitely structure that in here somehow. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, then it would be planned. It's not the same. It's not the same. He's like, ah, and he goes, this is, I did not picture heaven to be this way. And the guy starts laughing and he goes, we told you this was heaven. It's a really, really good, <laughs> really, really good uh, uh, lesson or episode. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's a hundred percent true. I think we'd all want that. Sometimes we all think to ourselves, we want things to be easy, but no, man, it wouldn't, wouldn't be the same. It's, I had this conversation with, um, I think it was my daughter and she was, she was really, really intimidated by something. Um, and she went and did it. And then afterwards I said, wow, you're, you're so brave. I said, I'm, I'm so proud of you, how brave you were to, to do that. And she says, well, I'm not brave. She goes, so-and-so is brave. She's not even scared. She does it all the time. And I said, okay. I said, I said, do you know who Superman is? And she goes, yeah. I said, well, you know, nothing can kill Superman, right? And she goes, yeah. And I said, do you think he's brave to walk into a fiery building? He knows he's not going to die. And she thought about it. She's like, well, no. And I said, well, okay. I said, you were brave because you were scared, not because it was easy. And I mean, I think that's a, that's just it right there. You, you can't, you can't have all those attributes of, of bravery and hard work and all that stuff. If you don't have the challenge, it doesn't count. Well, you lose purpose. It's yeah. probably the reason. And I think being a, a new father now, I get this and understand this, right? Like so many people that, that have had a, a child would, would probably say that that's their purpose in life, right? Or their legacy is this, the, their child now. And I get why that gives so many people so much purpose. And now I have a, a new purpose, a, a greater purpose that I've ever had in my life. And it's because it's fucking hard. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so hard. It's because it's the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life is raising another human being. And yeah. that's the reason why it gives you such great purpose. Yeah. That's the fucking reason. I was just thinking, that is the goddamn secret. I that, was just thinking about that this morning, mm-hmm. Adam, uh, about what you're saying right now. You know what makes it so hard? It's not that the, the, like the, the logistics of it, because that's kind of pretty you know, straightforward. You know, take care of a baby, make sure they have food, make sure they have shelter, give them a kiss every once in a while, love them, whatever. It's not hard in that sense. It's hard because you care 
yeah. way more about your kid than anything else. So if you, because you care so much, that's why it's so fucking hard. Well, it's hard. not just your life anymore that, that's on top of mind. You're, you're living through multiple lives now. Yeah. It's, it's not just about like, you know, you continuing on and having the best version that you could, you know, you could do on your own. Now I want to duplicate that and, you know, pass that on and, and leave legacy through another human being. And that's, that's such a powerful responsibility. Yeah. Have you had any situations yet? I know your, 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 your boy's still real young, but have you had any situations yet where you're going to make a decision or do something and you think to yourself, okay, well, how would my son Oh, think it, about this. it happens all the time. Isn't that weird? It happens yeah. all the time now. Uh, things that I do that because I expect, I think out of all of us, I probably have, I probably embody the zero fucks, um, you know, motto that we say. He so has much. one fuck now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, do. <laughs> I do. Plus one. I do. Yeah. I absolutely do. I mean, uh, in the past, I, I, I've had that that mentality so so much that it's like I I could sit at peace with the the worst case scenario no matter what really easily worst case scenario is oh I lose this or somebody hates me or whatever and all that I don't care like I just I have that I'm good all right I'm good I'm not a, I don't need anybody else's approval right but his you know now now I feel that when I do things I mean I even catch myself like the other day I just you know, I wanted, I wanted to smoke weed. I haven't had weed in a while. And I was like, I want to smoke some weed. And I'm like, fuck, he's, I don't want him to smell it. You know, he's, <laughs> he's an infant right now. I'm like, I don't, I, when that conversation's going to come one day, I know that. And I have no problem with that, but I also don't want to accelerate it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want it to like, I don't want it to be like a five-year-old conversation because dad smells like pot and he's never smelt that anywhere else except for at home. Yeah. Right. So I think about that now, you know, and now I catch myself out on the deck, like, you know, fucking blowing it outside. So he doesn't have to smell. Well, you grow up hiding weed from your parents and then you have kids and you hide, you hide weed from your yeah. kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's, just, just it's, shit like that. Or even too, just, uh, you know, the way I am with somebody, like the, the way I treat somebody or the way I, I talk to people. Yeah, like or, when I want my kid to see me. Right. Exactly. I, yeah. th I think about that now. I, I think about those conversations and think like, you know, one day he'll be observing me very carefully. And I want to know that he's proud of me. Um, I want to be able to explain myself. Like I think about that. I never thought about that stuff before. And so, yeah, that's new. dude. We, for we, sure. we had, a, I, I was having this conversation with my kids. These guys know the story. I don't, I don't think I ever told you Kyle, but years, it was a while ago. I think my, I want to say maybe my kids were, my daughter was probably three or four. My son was like eight or nine, maybe. And we were driving home from my mom's house and I was, I don't remember what was going on. I was stressed out um, and I'm in the car and I'm already kind of irritated and we're driving. We go around the corner and there's a bunch of these, you know, I don't know, 16, 17 year old guys playing basketball. And so they stop playing. They're playing in the street. They stop and they kind of part. As I drive through, one of the guys thought it'd be funny to throw his basketball at my car. And so he bounces it off the window the side window where my daughter, my four-year-old daughter sitting. Lit on fire. So it's like, bang, <laughs> right? And so I can, I controlled the rage for three seconds. You ever get that where you mm -hmm. feel it and you're like, hold it, hold it, and then Whoa. it comes out. So I drive for three seconds and then I hit the stop and then I turn around and drive back and the kids run inside their house and I run out of the car. I pull up in the driveway. They're all in the house and I don't know what to do and I see their basketball hoop and I fucking broke it. I picked I, the big nose ones that they... They put on the side of the road. I smashed it, kicked it, crushed it, get in the car, start driving off. And my son is like eight years old. And he's like, uh, he goes, um, what was that? Why'd you do that? 
And I said, well, they, they, and I'm like, oh shit, I got to explain it to my kid. Like, if yeah. I'm by myself, like, oh, fucking whatever. I got to explain it to my kid now. So I'm like, well, I got real, real mad. And, and they threw the ball at the window where your sister's sitting. And I felt overprotective. I felt like I needed to protect you guys. So I went back and, you know, that's, that's what you saw. So we're driving still. And my son goes, you put us in more danger by pulling, going, bringing the car back and then opening the car door. And he's being totally logical. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. right. So at that moment, I had to stop. There's, I've had a few moments like this with my kids where because you're the parent, you want to be right. You want to tell them you don't, you'll understand when you get older bullshit. But then the other side is me like, no, this is a great opportunity to teach them. Number one, dad can admit when he's wrong. And this is a great lesson and that we're all human. So I said, you're right. I said, that was really stupid of me to drive back over there and get pissed off that way. I said, I definitely should have done that. I put you guys in more danger. Um, I had another opportunity when uh, this was when my daughter was a little bit older and I'm putting her in her car seat and uh, I don't remember what I did. I dropped something or something like that. And I'm like, shit, close the door and I get in the car and she's like, you said a bad word. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, what do I say? So I'm like, I'm an adult though. Adults can say bad words. When you get older, you'll be able to say bad words too, but you shouldn't say those. You're a kid. And she goes, okay. She goes, yeah, but you still shouldn't say those words around little kids. <laughs> like, <all right. laughs> Touché. You're a hundred percent right. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, man, they'll teach you some shit. I tell you what, yeah. they really do teach you, but it's, you know, it's, it's hard. It's the hardest thing in the world because you care so much. That's why yeah. I was thinking about this one. Why is it so fucking hard? It's easy. Get, you know, do this, that it's basic stuff. No, it's not it's just because you care. Well, I think there's a part of you that wants to, uh, I mean, at least for me, like at the bare minimum, I want to give him everything that I know, which is the, that's, that's, right? Yeah, good. right. All the good stuff. Right. Know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, at the bare minimum, I want to pass down all my knowledge. Like, so I, it, I mean, I know I'm not the smartest, the wisest, the most successful person in the world by any means, but I have more than he has right now. And so by bare minimum, I want to give that, but that in itself yeah, yeah. is a fucking lifetime of, you know, <laughs> explaining those situations and, and doing that. And so self-awareness. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fucking It's crazy. all experience too, though. You know, yeah. like we, we want to set up all these ways we can teach, but we're all learning through experience. Right. You know, and that's just it. Like, I think Jordan Peterson talked about that beautifully. Would you set up this perfect little bubble for your children where they were completely safe and didn't have to worry about failure, didn't have to worry about getting hurt, didn't have to experience life in its fullness and realness? The answer is no. If you truly know... You would never choose that because there's no way for them to learn. Then mm. do you, do you, you have raise a, a little shit. Do you guys have a favorite? I have a favorite Jordan Peterson lesson. I just shared this the other day on, with uh, when we were. I think talking to Ryan. I think when this came up, he said something. On, I think it was Joe Rogan's interview when he said this. He talks about um, this blew my mind. He's talking about like how we plan for a vacation, and like you know, you know, you're you got a, a, a week long trip next year that you're going to Europe or whatever like that, and you know, husband and wife or they plan it out to every minute to the hotels and your shopping prices. And, you know, he goes on and on talking about how much energy and effort that we, we put into trips and vacation like this and hours and days spent on it. And he goes, you know, it's crazy that we do that. And he goes, how often though, do you spend the time thinking about the first 10 minutes that you walk in the door and you greet your spouse yet you'll do so much more that'll that'll equate to five times more than that entire week of that vacation over the course of your life 
And how much time do you actually spend preparing for that, which arguably will be more important than almost anything else that you you do in your life, especially when it comes in comparison to traveling or going away for a week or whatever. And that was just like, for me, because I was like, man, because I'm that guy, right? Like I, I, have a, I have a hard transition for me to go from full-blown work mode here and my, my brain going 100 miles an hour to walking through my door and then all of a sudden being dad and husband. Like that transition, I, I need like a, a one hour, two hour buffer. <laughs> That's what yeah. I, 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 I've almost put that expectation on my poor partner for so long until that moment. Like that really fucking was like a game changer for me to go like, dude, stop before you, before you turn the car off and you keep walking to the car, still thinking about work stuff, shut it down, you know, shut it down, reframe your situation. Think about what you're doing. Make sure you walk over to your wife, greet her, kiss her, say your, see your baby. Uh, to me, that was one of the most valuable pieces of advice I've ever heard that man speak. And I've heard almost every, I, mean, I, he's, I haven't heard him talk about that, but I remember Ben Greenfield, the first time I interviewed him, he was talking about how the second his day ends at four, when he goes to pick up River and Taryn, he, he's no longer on his phone. He's no longer checking emails. He's completely switched gears and he's a hundred percent invested as dad. And that really stuck out to me because when you spend time with him, you see that in action. It's not fucking for the podcast. It's not bullshit. He's all about it. But for me, I do need that transition. So thankfully we have the sauna and it's a one mile loop around on it and I'll go for a walk and I'll hit the sauna. And like, that's my decompression time at the end of the day before I choose to go home and be fully invested. And there's still times where I fuck up and of Kids course. are really smart. You'll see as your boy gets older, you're on that phone too much. Some bear will slap that shit right out of my does hand really? and say, look at me, mm -hmm. daddy. Yeah. He doesn't want me on the fucking phone. That's he knows hilarious. better, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's like true. a very, it's straight to the point. He's not pulling punches, you know? Yeah. But I think about that. Like if I, as long as I can get most that ironed out and cut away some space for myself, it's very easy to make that transition. But without it, yeah. like on those days where you, you don't have the time because you're just grinding all the way until five or six and then you get home, those are hard transitions. I think the most important part, because it's, you're right, like I still fucked that up. The, but the part to me that I find a lot of value in now is that if and when those moments happen where, you know, like let's, and because Katrina will do it to me. She, she doesn't, she'll, she'll allow me to be me and, and, and do me. And she know she can see if I got a lot on my mind, but you know, like let's say an hour, two hour goes by and I really haven't said hi to her since I've been in the door. Like she'll give me a soft reminder. It's the difference now when I get that soft reminder than what it would have been before in the past. So it'd be like, oh, I've got a lot of shit going on with my work. That's why, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I'm this way or whatever. Defense mode. Right, defense mode. Where now, since that piece of advice, you know, yes, I still fuck up sometimes and I still go back to old ways where I, I still come. It's hard to break something that I've been like for fucking 20 years plus in my life. But at least now when I get called out or checked on it, I'm not defensive about it. I go, you're right. I'm sorry. I love you. Kiss, you know, whatever with that. I'm, I'm done with my phone. Let's sit down. Let's, let's spend some time together. And then I think I, so to me that, that in itself is, I think that that's the first step, the self-awareness piece of it that comes from it. Right. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Yeah. Well, what, uh, we got way, I, I think we got a time for 10 minutes left, right, Doug? Yeah, we got some okay. time. All yeah, right. So I, I do have, I do have one question that I'll ask you guys. Cause we're all, you guys at least have one boy each, right? Yeah. So yeah, everybody here in this room, we're all men, at least as far as I know. Yeah. And we all have boys that we're raising. What does it mean to raise a boy in the modern era? And, and how, how are you prospecting you will help them to become a man? Oh, wow. Somebody, uh, we do on our Instagrams every once in a while, we do the live Q&A or not live, but the Q&A is where people ask you a question, you answer it. And I got that question um, asked 
of me twice. So people will typically ask fitness questions, but every once in a while I'll get a personal one. And somebody asked me, what does it mean to you to be a man, like a good man? And I thought about it for a second. And the best answer I could give was to be an amazing father. Same person then saw my answer and came back and said, well, if I don't plan on having any kids, what would make, how can I become a good man? And I said, act like a good father would act. <laughs> and, I think, and I think that's it, 100%. So rather than saying, what makes a man a good man? Or what's, how do you turn someone, your son into a good man? Well, what makes a good father? You don't have to have kids, but what makes a good father? What are the characteristics? Um, integrity, I think, is, is number one for me. I think, and I think this is true for men and for women, but to be who you are and be honest. And integrity is not just about saying what's on your mind. It's also about being vulnerable. That's integrity. So saying I'm scared, uh, I'm afraid, I messed up, I'm wrong, all the stuff you don't want to say or admit, especially to your own kids, that's integrity. I think that's that's a very important one. Um, be a consistent provider, a consistent support system, and a consistent protector when needed. I think that's important. Um, I think consistency is sorely lacking with a lot of fathers uh, these days. Um, in some uh, demographics, as much as three out of every four families are raised without fathers. Complete inconsistency. It's so bad, and it's better now than it was before, I guess, but it's so bad today, and sometimes you'll hear moms complain about this, that if a dad shows up to a few games, you know, kisses his kids and says, I love you, he gets awards for it. Like, oh my, I, I'll tell you what, take your kids to the park in the middle of the day when there's moms and nannies and watch how many people come up to you and say how great of a dad you are. Now, at first you feel good about that. Like, oh yeah, I feel great. But then ask yourself, wait a minute, why is it so awesome that I'm doing that? Look at all these other moms and nannies. Oh, I know why. Because a lot of fathers are inconsistent. So the simple fact that I'm here at the park with my kids is really standing out. So I think being consistent is super, super important. And then another one is brave, not fearless. That doesn't exist. That's bullshit. People say they don't have any fear. You're full of shit. Everybody's scared of something. But to be brave, what does that mean? Well, when shit gets hard and scary, as the the as the man of the house or father or leader with your family, or even if you don't have a family, you just face it. You go ahead and you face it, but with integrity. It's okay to be afraid, but you go forward anyway. I think that's what it means to be a good man. But I think the definition is act like a like a good father would. And the reason why I say it that way is I think it makes sense, and I think it doesn't trigger anybody because I think a lot of times when you talk about being a man. Sometimes yeah, you talk trigger. about all these masculine traits. Yeah, you talk about all kinds of. And, but if Toxic I say masculine, but if I say you be a good father, I think everybody can get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to answer that in the most like eloquent way. Like Sal kind of put that, but um, in, in terms of like what I want, you know, them to become, like I have to internalize that and and really focus on like how I'm modeling that to them, and that's in how my interactions with my wife my interactions with my friends, my interactions with my family, all of that, I look at, you know, internally as how my, my kids perceive that and how I communicate to, you know, other people and how I acknowledge other people um, and, and put people in front of me in terms of uh, having respect, but also having respect for myself. And 
Um, I think that uh, we get lost in the differences between genders, and I think it's 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 unfortunate. There are definitely differences, and that's not something that I'm not trying to, um, you know, downplay the fact that you know there are masculine traits that I think are you know are great and are beneficial, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna suppress that within my within my you know two boys. I think that. Um, it's, it's about being a good human being at the end of the day. And I think that you accomplish that by, um, having good morals, having good integrity and, uh, being consistent in terms of, uh, you know, your core values. And, and I, I just really want to establish those core values within my two boys so they can, you know, be successful and be a good human being to everybody else and be, be a good light in the world. And I don't, I just don't. I, I don't. I don't get lost in, you know, like uh, all the 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 nuances of, you know, what what might be bad, what what might hurt somebody's feelings over here, or any of that stuff. It's just being consistently, you know, a good uh, example. It's really tough to try and add to all of that because I think that both Sal and Justin hit a lot of that stuff uh, that I think is extremely important. I think uh, the reason why we're such close friends is our values are very similar. Um, the only thing I would probably add that I, that I didn't hear either one or uh, uh, hit is, um, self-awareness. I think it was the single greatest tool that was ever given to me. Uh, and, and it's what I think provides continued growth for the rest of my life. Right. I don't think, and to me, I think that I want to pass that same lesson down to him and, and know that, you know, you are human. Uh, you may not always say the right thing. You may not always do the right thing. Um, but that's okay, you know, and, and to strive to grow and to be a better version of yourself than what you were yesterday. I think that to me is maybe the, the single best lesson that I, I can give to him because at the end of the day, I can't expect him to be the man that I was or a better man than me or just like me. He's going to find his own path. Um, but I can teach him to be a better version of himself every day and to seek that. And, and then to also to Justin's point, to be the best example that I possibly can uh, so he has something to model after, right? So to me, that's about the only thing I could add to, I think, what they say, because I said I think they both said it really, really well. And then maybe um, I plan to read a lot of Dr. Seuss to him and unpack those. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think Dr. Seuss is one of the greatest philosophers of all time. Uh, I wish I understood the message that he was delivering in his all of his writings as a kid, I wish somebody unpacked it for me. You know, I just read them as a, as a yeah, rhyme. Yeah, just entertaining. Yeah, as a kid, you just read them as a rhyme where I can't wait to teach my son, like, do you know what he means by this? Mm -hmm. You know, and where that applies in, like, your life. Like, I think there's so many great lessons uh, that are taught in a lot of his books. And so... There's a fantastic book we got there from Dr. Seuss. It's The Places You'll Go. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. man... The first time I read it, I got welled up big time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it blows your mind as an adult book. reading. I read yeah. so much Dr. Seuss as a kid. Knew I, no idea what he was saying half the time. You know, no idea. Yeah, just, it just rhymed and it was funny, good pictures. Yes, and the, exactly. Uh, but as an adult going back and, and reading a lot of it, like, whoa, that's fucking deep for a kid right there. Like, I wonder how many parents actually take the time to ask the kid, like, do you know what that means? And like, wh where this may apply in your life and then kind of helping them unpack and, and give them an example, like... I just, it's something that I, once I understood what, what was being taught in there, it was something I was like, man, when I have a son, like we're going to not only read these, but I'm going to teach them what's, what's being taught yeah. in this. Really. I think that's a good question that you asked though, Kyle, mm -hmm. because, um, I think a lot of the, some of the, a lot of the issues that we're, that we may see today is the result of 
a lot of uh, men not being good men. And I don't mean by being bad. That's not what I'm talking about. Obviously, you know, someone committing crimes and hurting people, that's obviously bad. I'm talking about there's a lot of guys that just were not good fathers or didn't act like good fathers. And it's happened now for a few generations. And I think we're seeing a lot of problems because of that. I, I, I would like to see society start to value fatherhood again and put it up high uh, as a high value again. I think for a long time, we've made fun of dads. It's not that big of a deal. It's not important. We've, va- we've, we've placed more value um, uh, on being a bachelor. And, and I, think you know, we've do- I think that we've done that for parenting in general and even women. One of the things I'm struggling with right now is, you know, I've fallen in love with an extremely independent woman who was raised to make her own money. Don't, don't, ha- you don't have to uh, ever rely on a man to provide for you. And, and I was attracted to that. I love, that's one of my favorite things. And I'm in this weird position right now because now having a child and seeing her with him and, and knowing like, like I, I want her to be with him as much as possible and we don't need the extra money that she's going through, but yet that's what she loves and in her independence. And I think there's, there's a problem in our society right now that we've pushed this agenda so much of, you know, here, you know, I am woman, hear me roar and independence and more women in the boardroom, more women as CEOs that we've almost devalued the value of them in the house and being a mother. Like now that I see that, I go, holy shit. Like I was so attracted to you being this executive woman and and a grinder, but now seeing you as a mother with my son and knowing the importance of that and that you're impacting my, one of my blood for the rest of his life. Holy fuck, that's way no, more. You're right. Parenthood has just been uh, raising kids. Being a parent has just been devalued yes. a- across the board. And it's not to say you can't choose to do what you want, but I think, uh, and I've heard, I know this, I've uh, uh, just through training a lot of clients and a lot of my friends where they feel uh, like criticized for, well, I have this master's degree and I have, but I don't want to work. I want to be, mm-hmm. I want to be here with my kids and but but you know I, I think I need to worry. You know, almost feeling yeah. the pressure of to not be. Oh, my wife got that inter- from her her old uh, uh, you know coworkers. Is like oh what a waste you know like coming back uh, to you know be a stay at home mom and and take care of my kids and it's so unfortunate that you feel that way like like I just don't see that at all. It's it is such a blessing that she could be there. You know like well, we helping just, to to build and develop their minds. We just got done saying it's the hardest fucking thing you'll ever do in your life. Yeah. So it, it deserves the most respect ever. You know what I'm totally. saying? It's harder than running totally. a company. It's yeah. harder than doing all that stuff yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? So it, it blow. And I guess it never, I never thought about it as much as I've been thinking about it now with a three month old at home and I'm going like, fuck. And so it's a real, it's a real fine dance that I'm dancing right now because um, I also love my girl and I want her to do what makes her happy, you know? And, uh, and so I'm like, you know, whatever you want to do, if you want to stay home with them or whatever, I'm wanting that and leaning towards that, but then I also don't want to kill her independence and push her that way. But I really do feel like it's, it's been this agenda that's being pushed for so long. And, and I fell right into the trap too of, of thinking that way because it was an attractive quality. But now that I, I see things differently being a father now, I'm like, fuck man, that is such yeah, an and important for, role. And for men, it's like, it's all about like how many girls you could sleep with, how much money you have and flashy and you know, the, the, the lone wolf and I'm not tied down and that's really cool. Oh, you're a dad. Oh, well, fucking you're tied down. Oh, that sucks. You can't do whatever you want. You can't. And, and it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. You know, it, being a dad needs to be cool again. You know what I'm saying? Where you, Oh, Oh, you're a father. Oh, you're fucking good dad. That's the man right there. Like, Oh, you're, 
you're 40 years old. You're not, you know, you know, you, you, you want to go party and do whatever, but you're not really responsible. Maybe you should become a little bit more responsible. Maybe there should be a little bit more pressure on that. Side. I'm not saying that, you know, you make your own choices. I get that, but it, it's been the reverse for so long. You know, dads get made fun of on, on TV. You know, it's like a shitty job. Like married it with children. It's like, yeah. It's like, no, man, it's fucking the most important thing you'll ever do. It needs to be cool again. And if you're a fucking man and you have a kid and you're not there, you need to have some serious societal pressure. Your buddies need to call you an asshole. A lot of guys don't do that to their buddy. Oh, you got a kid. Oh, you never with you. Whatever. Let's go hang out. Let's go to the bar. No, man, you're a piece of shit. Go take care of your kids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like it needs to go back in that direction a little bit. And, and also just putting it up there. Like, this is the greatest thing you'll ever do. So that's why I think that was a good question. Fuck yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's been excellent having y'all back on the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, oh, man. Thanks for having us on. Again, I love each and every one of you. Yeah, yeah you too, yeah. bro. I love yeah. you too, bro. Yeah, Thanks, sure. man. Let's check out my website, kingsboo.com. You'll get my supplement list. I have a book list coming out all for free. And then, of course, the monthly newsletter, which will let you know everything that I'm up to, upcoming guests that are coming on the show, any books that I'm currently reading that I find a lot of value in and exactly what it is that I'm learning, how I'm implementing that into my own life. Also, what am I being a guinea pig with these days? How am I experimenting with my own consciousness? What meditation techniques have I been employing? Any other fucked up weird thing that I'm into from a physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual standpoint, you'll get to read about it there first. Check it out at kingsboo.com. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you in a few days.